Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Heart of the Order, your home for baseball and fantasy baseball with your host, me, Ralph Lark. And now, let's check in on The Heart of the Order. Let's talk baseball. What do you say? Welcome back to the Heart of the Order, guys. We've got off to a nice running start with the NL and AL Central previews that you guys got a hold of just yesterday or earlier today. But we got to keep it going uh, to get you guys ready for the season. No matter how many dudes rev their dumb cars past my So, anyways, <laughs> glad to have y'all here. We're going to keep the party going. Marching forward with the West, AL and NL West, with this episode, so we can finish it off with the final one. But if you're new to the heart of the order, maybe you're new to Tiger Bomb, maybe you're new to all of this, great. I love first-time offenders. Uh, you can also be a repeat offender. I love those kinds of listeners, too. We'll all be serving time together here at Tiger Bomb, if that's okay with you. Or not. Turn it off. I don't care. Anyways... This is what I have for you today. We're going to talk about what I think about these AL and NL West teams. I'm also going to tell you how you can find the podcast. Really important to me that you listen to the podcast, right? So, we have a website, Tiger Bomb. If you're new to this, Tiger Bomb is a culture. We have a couple of different podcasts now, ever growing thing. If you like something, you want to hear something, let me know. But, anywho, website, Tiger Bomb. SAE.com. It's www.tigerbombsae.com. If you go there, you can see all the podcasts that we have. And so, not just the heart of the order, but the process, what happened, some of the other things we offer. But, anyways, click on the heart of the order page and you can listen to this podcast. Also, really important, if you click on the heart of the order page, in addition to being able to listen to this podcast, I'm telling you all these other ways that you can find us as well that I'm going to repeat today. So if you miss it, you don't like pressing rewind, you're lazy, you want to read it instead, go to the website. It's right there. But also, the DFS DK tips that I have. I was calling them the DraftKings tips back then. They're the FanDuel tips too, baby. You know, spoiler alert. Same thing. Well, not quite. One's got two pitchers. One's got one pitcher. But the premise. And so as I was looking it over, I'll change that. I'll just say, you know, DFS tips, like take the DK part out, but it holds true. I'm giving you some truisms for weather, content size, stacking players, ownership, all that stuff that matters for DFS. And if you listened to the podcast yesterday, you know this is going to have a DFS tent, and you aren't surprised. If you are surprised, well, you better catch up. You better catch up before this horse leaves the stand. Okay, that's the website. It took a long time to get there, but that's the website. We also have an email, the heart of the order at tigerbombsae.com. You can email me whatever. You got a baseball question? I'll do my best to answer it on here. How's that? Can't do any better than that. We've Twitter, we've Facebook. I'm serving you fiends any way I can. Facebook, it's at Heart of the Order, all spelled all spelled out in the number one. So at Heart of the Order One. That's the Facebook account. Get there. You can read you can Catch the podcast there too. You can get links. It'll take it to um, some other places where you can listen to it. Twitter at H of the O T B S A E. I will literally give you DFS tips if you want to tweet it with that account. We can help you out. Don't mind doing it. That's how you do that stuff. Okay. Finally, 
what if you're a podcast person? What if you are a podcast go? What if you're my app kind of person? Well, then guess what? I'm not going to mess up your flow. I'm not going to mess up your vibe. Man. I mean, still, or woman. How about sexism here? Okay, it's 2021. Get it together. Anywho, women like baseball. So, to that degree, both women and men can find this anywhere you listen to podcasts. Spotify. Spotify. iTunes. Stitcher. I heard your little radio. Out if you want to. All you got to do is search for Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment.com. This podcast will come up and you can like and subscribe it. And boom, as simple as that, you'll never miss an episode of this. You'll never miss an episode of what happened. You would never miss an episode of the process. I cannot bring you a more exciting proposition to start with the show. Or if you've been listening, this is the same proposition. I start the show every time. But it's grandiose today. So that all the new folks can play along. So that we've got that stuff out of the way. Oh, one thing I need to mention. If you listen to the process on something like iTunes, for example, you'll notice that now there's a link where you can leave me a voicemail. Bum, bum, bum. A voicemail that potentially, potentially... Okay, so we've upped the ante there. All that stuff is squared away. Now we can talk about baseball. Let's start with the NL West. Let's do that. Let's hop into this division that I think we all know who the front runner is. But for the for the sake of being cute, let's go through it. Let's go through it because we care about accuracy. So, and again, from a DFS tent, we're trying to figure out key players that we can use from every team, right? Even more so from teams where other people may not be looking. Sorry, I had like incessant stitching in my headphones. Anyways, start with the Diamondbacks. The D-backs. The D-backs. Been there. Great stadium. Chase Field. David Portillo's in Chase Field. Isn't that amazing? Chicago people. The rest of you probably don't know what that is. Don't worry about it. You're missing out on the best things ever. It's not the beef. It's the chili dogs. Get out of there. Fight me there if you want. However, here's the Diamondbacks. I personally think the bullpen's going to end up being trash again. Not a lot of room to make moves this offseason for this team. Bunch of guaranteed money lying around. But they did sign Joaquin Soria, a veteran, to the bullpen, which I thought was a pretty good move for this team. The 2021 D-backs are most likely going to have a younger bullpen now, giving some guys a chance to show us what they have. And so, to that degree... I think that's good. However, they're going to struggle to keep the ball in the park. We need to remember this for DFS purposes. We want to figure out who's mashing them late in the games. Because the tendency as DFS players is you start watching the game or listening to the game, following the stats from the game in your app, and your guy comes up to bat and he strikes out. Okay. Third inning, your guy comes up to bat and he flies out. That's it. Game's over. I lost. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes we attack late. Sometimes we're attacking the early pitcher. Sometimes we attack late. And so it's important that we understand this Arizona bullpen. Probably going to be super hot, super hot trash. Okay? 
Super hot, big, fat trash. Now, despite the severely shortened season, shortened season, excuse me, I'm learning how to talk. Despite the severely shortened season, said a person who knew English, this team still used 20 relievers. They didn't know what was going on. It's still going to be a fill me out thing. One issue is a lack of left-handed options. Only young Travis Bergen and Joe Mansbley are southpaws. It does seem quite possible that the team will also add another bullpen arm. Lefties against D-backs when they are on the road is the way we want to trend. Ask you taught us anything. We can take that away from it. And so that's why we're spending more time on this loser squad than we will spend on some teams that are good. Because it's straight away. I'm not going to BS you and make a whole novel out of a sonnet. But conversely, I'm not going to condense a book into a text message. We need to understand how bad the Diamondbacks are and teams like the Pirates. So we understand how to attack them. Luckily for us. I've got a line on this team. We want to attack them. This is the way we want to attack them. So lefties gets the Diamondbacks on the road. That's a pitcher-friendly park. We're going to take advantage of it. This is how you start filling in lineups where you don't have any one spot that is vulnerable as you look into your DraftKings lineup or your FanDuel lineup. I'll give you guys a hint into our DFS primer at the end of the week. If you save the last spot and you pick it based on salary and name alone, you're doing it wrong. And you're going to lose. How about you pick a cheap guy playing against the D-backs? Because they're trash. So, in the 2020 season, Cabrera posted a 242 batting average and 31 RBIs in 52 of the 60 games. So, I mean, you know, him, huh? After only 138 plate appearances as a Diamondback, Marte shuffled off to these unexpected contenders, the Miami Marlins, leaving them with a hole to fill in center field for the 2021 season. Using Cattell would probably be the most effective option in terms of production at the position, but simply shift the problem to second base, in my opinion. And so they've got to look for a longer-lasting solution. But this does give the team flexibility in that it can assess, you know, at which position the market is best and pivot and take advantage accordingly, right? So LeCastro had a rather good season. His OPS plus was actually fractionally above Calhoun. Plus, of course, he offers far greater speed and better defense with no Jake Lamb and failed DH Kevin Crone shipped off to Japan. It's going to be interesting to see who spells Walker. So Christian Walker. Now, the projected lineup. Let's go with the starters, the the pitchers first. Zach Galen, Madison Baumgartner, Kalen Smith, Luke Weber, Merrill Kelly. Galen's got good, he's got decent stuff. I like him because he's got strikeout stuff, but he's had some control issues. So at this point, it's like neutral, maybe sometimes attack, but we don't need to forcefully pick him no matter how his K percentage looks and how cheap he is. Cause those are just going to be tricks. Basically Madison Bumgarner trying to put it together, trying to prove there's a little bit left in the tank. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. There wasn't a lot to go around last year. I'm not putting a lot of stock in that. It was a weird short season. And so as we spoke a little bit about in the last podcast, we've got to give this guy a break on that accord 
and hopefully that he's ready to come back and, you know, put this together, you know, and see if there's something left. They have Caleb Smith as well, who I am, again, uh, fairly pleased with. Another guy come from Miami. I like Galen and Smith. I like these dudes. If they have, I like the fact that they can put K's on the board, and it really just becomes about control. Okay, and so I love it because if they figure it out, we can use them. But if they don't figure out, we can pick on them. So anytime we have a player scenario highlighted, we want to pick on it as much as possible as opposed to question marks or hoping. Okay, hopefully that makes a lot of sense. And then you have Merrill Kelly, a little bit more reliable than what you probably think because you don't watch as many D-back games as I do. It's not a terrible group of starters. That's sufficient to head into the season. Let's take a look at the lineup. Cole Calhoun, Cattell Marte, Christian Walker at first, David Peralta in the outfield, Eduardo Escobar, Drupal Cabrera, Nick Ahmed, and Carson Kelly. That's not a bad lineup. Carson Kelly, not going to provide much with the bat, though. Cole Calhoun, I'm wondering how much he'll have left this year. He didn't do terribly last year. I think the short season helped him. But you've got Cattell Marte, Peralta, you know, these guys, Eduardo Escobar. These guys are streaky. As Drew Cabrera coming over, I like him. I like uh, the fact that he can sort of um, play a, a, a utility role, if you will, play a little first, second, third. So he adds some diversification to the lineup, some depth, if you will, makes them a little more intriguing day to day in terms of lineup, uh, you know, uh, I guess like compilation, if you will. But it's all going to be about avoiding the long stretches and drops into Marte or Peralta um, or Escobar, right? Some of these other guys are defensively out there, like Ahmed and Cali. So we know we're not getting much from them. So the guys who profile on offense have to profile on offense. But all in all, it's just a middling team. I do not think they're going to be as bad as most people think. But there's some serious limitations. They've got a lot of money on the books. So they're stuck with what they have. A lot of these guys are in a similar position, trying to have a healthy season, see if they can bounce back. That's the story of this team. They were profiling great before last season, trending upward, and then they had this abysmal year. And so we have to see if they could turn it around. But you got to prove it on the field. But right now, I think the bullpen's a problem. That's the Diamondbacks. Now, let's say we... Carry on my wayward son. Let's go on over to the San Diego Padres. Now, Padres loading up, man. They're they're trying to get this thing done. They signed Blake Snell. They bring in Ha Sung uh, Kim from um, the Korean League, if you will. And so they're loaded. This team is simply loaded. They bring in some more guys, too, like you. So when you look at the lineup, you've got Trent Grisham, who put it together. Last year came on strong in the end, and then at shortstop, one of the premier in the game, Mr. Fernando Tatis, unrivaled what he can do at the plate, unrivaled what he can do at the plate. Pretty good shortstop, if you haven't heard of him. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Then they've got this guy at third base. I don't know if you know about him. His name is Manny Machado. He can swing the bat, apparently, and so he fills that spot, and they've got journeyman, or not journeyman, I should say veteran, Eric Hosmer. Uh, ending up this San Diego deal here, trying to make good here. Sam, Tommy Pham coming back this year. Had a bit of an injury plague last year. Caught the COVIDs. Got stabbed. 
A lot of happened for him. We'll see if he can gain some stability. He's starting to get up there. He's at 33, 34 now. And so not as easy to just bounce back from stabbings, among other things, weirdly. Uh, Will Myers, career year last year at the dish, just like Drisham, coming through for him. Will bam, will bam, will bam every time they needed him. They didn't call it San Diego for nothing. Jake Cronenworth also um, showed up at second base last year. And honestly, this really dulls the signing of Hassan Kim because, who, first of all, Kim struggled in um, uh, camp right now. But also, it just got crowded. Nobody expected Cronenworth to take that big step forward. And so they've got depth. They've got Austin Nola at catcher now. This is good. The aforementioned Kim on the bench. Hi, Song Kim. Jergison Profar, they're bringing him in. If you guys don't know about Jergison Profar, the, the deal with him is he can fill, he can play all the infield spots. He can play them all. And so it's massive versatility for a guy who is fairly decent at the play. He's going to hold his own. He's not going to set the world on fire or streakily you know, win you a bunch of games. But he's not going to hurt you too many times. And they've got Victor Carantini. Had to come over with you. You brings this catcher with him, of course. They've got Jorge Mateo and Brian O'Grady, who they feel pretty good about as well. In the rotation, again, some guys we've talked about. You Darvish, Blake Snell, Denilson Lamette at third. Not a lot of people high on him. It's some iffy talk about him. He's got he's coming back from the injury. I don't know if he'll be ready right away. They think he may be, but Lamette, uh, he's got good strikeout stuff. He's going to have to settle in and take a step forward, which they believe in him. They believe he's going to do this year. Penciled in is kind of their third guy, but then they've got Chris Paddock, who's also a system guy, and they bring in Joe Musgrove as well. Musgrove is an intriguing ad for me coming over from Pittsburgh. Always liked his stuff. Pittsburgh's a tougher park. This will play better for him. Musgrove, I know some people aren't exactly, they don't think it's the sexy pick, but I'm for it. I'm with it. This makes a lot of sense for them. In the bullpen, they've got Drew Pomerantz closing it down. Emilio Pagan, Keon Keela, big signing, big addition. Mark Melanson, Craig Stammen, Matt Stram, Pierce Johnson, and Adrian Morijan. So these guys are stacked. They're trying to play with the with the Dodgers, and it's a big brother, little brother mentality. The Dodgers is still there, so it ain't theirs, right? So you got to knock Big Brother off the hill before you win. Dodgers don't want to admit it's a series, but you know these are the games they get up for. That team is stacked. That team is ready to roll, and uh, we'll see in our profile of the Dodgers how they sort of counteracted the things that San Diego did to take a step forward. Pitching got better. Lineup got better. Uh, bullpen got better. They're in it for the long haul. There's not going to be a lot of teams that can play with San Diego. I love how powerful this offense is. It's a pitcher-friendly park, and they make it look easy. That is so much harder than y'all think. I've been to that park, beautiful place. Saw it, been there on Jackie Robinson Day. Great experience with, with a friend of mine. But there's somebody to watch out for. I don't know. We'll see when I put a bow on it. But that's your Padres. Now, Rockies. Let's talk Rockies. Rockies traded Nolan Arenado, and they gave away all that money. Excuse me, Nolan Arenado, not Nolan Arenado. And they gave all that money away, too. That's the part I don't like about it. So it's like they didn't come out from it in any way, I think, a little bit better. Still have some solid frontline pitching. They can get better in the pen. Their guys are decent. You may not think so, but they're pitching in Colorado. Those guys do damn well, considering the elevation and what they have to deal with. 
What happens with Story, a lot of teams need a shortstop, right? Will, will, will they resign or move him? He's going to be a trade chip piece at the break. Shortstop is a commodity right now. You could get some substantialness back from him in the way of prospects. And, you know, so if they're not trending in the right direction, maybe they tear this thing down completely and get rid of him. But one of their last uh, big pieces, in my opinion. Now, from there, let's take a look at this lineup. In the, in the starters, we'll start with starters. So they've got Herman Marquez, Kyle Freeland, Antonio Senzantella, John Gray, and Austin Gomber. I don't mind this bunch. Gomber a little weak on the back end, but they keep the ball in the park. You know, these are guys that are becoming, on the front end, like Marquez, Freeland, like these guys, Senzantella, they're figuring out Colorado. They've been there a little longer. It just works, right? Like Marquez, they have a lot of confidence in him. He's a really good pitcher for where he pitches, right? Like anywhere else, some numbers come off that ERA. This is not as weak of a group as you think. Not to be picked on. John Gray, still serviceable. If he stays healthy, keep that ERA around four, a little bit under. He could be okay. Gomber, we'll see. I want to see what he has. I want to see what he has. The lineup, though, Ramel Tapia. Love Tapia. He's a lefty, too. He's a long fellow. He's a lanky sort of fellow, but he can hit it. And, of course, Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman, Blackman, excuse me, Ryan McMahon, CJ Crone coming over, Sam Hilliard at outfield as well, Brendan Rodgers at second in catching Elias Diaz, not setting the world on fire. Um, the top of the lineup can produce a bit, but I think they tear this thing down and get rid of Story. But uh, there'll be some days where some of those guys can – can boom, but it just seems like it's going to be one of those seasons where they're going to be interesting priced because of when they're playing in Colorado and when they've got that field bump and that offensive bump. Because I don't think they're going to be great profiling offensive unit, but they can be uh, worth the while at home depending on the price. Not a great squad by the Rockies, but not the worst team out there either. Um, they did just enough to make sure that they don't embarrass themselves. In an in a NL West they know isn't for them. Let's talk about the Dodgers next. Somehow you think this team couldn't get better, and they just do. They get better. They get better. You guys want to hear the lineup? Sure, why not? Let's go through it. Right field, Mookie Betts. Bang, bang, bang. Shortstop, Corey Seager. Bang, bang, bang. Third base, Justin Turner. Resign with the team. I don't like his whole COVID thing during the World Series, but whatever. Bang, bang, bang. Center fielder, Cody Bellinger. Big bang. First base, Max Muncie, Will Smith catching, A.J. Pollock in left field, and Chris Taylor at second. Had a couple guys move on, you know, some of those dudes that, like, Kike Hernandez, right? Like, but this makes, and, and of course, Jock Peterson, but this makes time for some guys who've been platooning for a while, and so that's a positive thing. Austin Barnes coming off the bench catching, Zach McKenstry, utility player Gavin Lux, Gavin Lux worth his weight, Edwin Rios, and Matt Beattie. So this is a stacked group of guys. We know that up to down, that lineup is dangerous. No pitcher really wants to wade into that, and they get out the gates quickly every year. And so DFS-wise, remember that. Remember that as they play teams like Colorado. Rotation-wise, we've got Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Trower, David Price coming back, and then they're open. Julio Urias cleans up there. 
It's a nasty bunch, right? You've got Price as your four. That's just a plus dude. Come like a plus option for them. Didn't have him last year. Coming back, he took the year off from the COVID stuff. A little older, but if he gives you something, that's crazy. Trevor Bauer, Mr. Envy, Mr. Cy Young comes over. Big deal, big money. He's third in their rotation. Yeah, this team is stacked. Anywhere else, he's the headliner. San Diego went in trying to get him. Couldn't do it. This is where it's going to be for him. Trevor Bauer makes them an amazing team if they can stay healthy. Bueller at the top, obviously. Kershaw, I think he's got something left. Kershaw's not going opening. I think I don't think he's going opening day today, but or opening day this year. But they're figuring out how to play with him as he gets older. I love what this team is just doing. Like the front office, they know what they want when they mean Dodger baseball. Yes, they spend a lot of money, but guys, next year they got a lot of money coming off the books too, and they not they don't have a lot of commitments, and they can reload back up. They've done this thing right. They haven't overextended themselves too often. And their front office hasn't really done a big blockbuster deal. Like this Bauer deal has been the big deal for them. They've developed some people. They've done some trades. But a big, big deal like this, big free agent signing, boom, you know, they were able to get that done. So this team is dangerous. Looking for the repeat. Prime to do it, man. This team is built to go for the long haul. And the bullpen still got Kenley Jansen catching. Corey Neville, Blake Training, Joe Kelly, Brandon Morrow, Brisbane Greaterall, Victor Gonzalez, Dustin May throwing gas out there too. You know, Uriah so bouncing in and out due to injury. I mean, they they've got options. There's not a lot of teams that are going to be able to play with the Dodgers. The Dodgers are built to win day in and day out and they're built to win in the playoffs. It's a, it's an amazing how it's a murderer's row and it doesn't matter what you have. Your lefties, your righties, they're going to mash them all up, okay? Finally, let's take a look at the San Francisco Giants. Obviously, a little work to do, but their younger guys are coming on. These guys took a little step forward last year. Mike Yastrzemski, Alex Dickerson, Donovan Solano, Brandon Belt, Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, Evan Longoria, third, Mauricio Dubon at center field. Yastrzemski came on strong, so did Dickerson. I love these lefties. are going to play at the top of the lineup and provide a very nice one-two punch for this team. Looking for Dickerson to uh, take a step forward. But I, I love these guys. Donovan Solano I like too. Uh, I think he got a silver slugger last year. This dude found his pop at the end. So that guy has it. Belt was really good against lefties last year. If he can find some niche still and play, that's great. They get Posey back. They didn't have him last year. Crawford still hanging around, making it work too. Primarily against lefties too. And then you've got Longoria and Dubon. This is, you know, these guys are scrappy. They, you know... Bad pitchers, bad parks, they make it interesting, you know? And it's the tally of how they finish those games out will determines where the record will be. They obviously can't win this division, but they're going to be an interesting little bunch to follow. Uh, as far as the bench goes, they have Chadwick Trump, Austin Slater, Wilmer Flores, Tommy LaStella coming over, and Kirk Casale. I like these bench players, all of these guys. So I think this team is pretty versatile. I like the lineup that they can put out there day in and day out, even when they're giving guys rest. And I think that they're going to give it what they have. Rotation-wise, very limited. They've got some money on the books. When I say that, I mean Johnny Cueto. But they bring back Gausman. I like Gausman. He's got strikeout stuff. It's a good park for him. But, you know, he could be trade bait. He could be trade bait if things are working right 
by the All-Star break. They bring in Anthony DeScalafani. Should be better than he was last year in Arizona. Huge park upgrade for him, so don't discount that. That's a very much upgraded uh, opportunity for him. Then Logan Webb and Tyler Beatty. So, uh, you know, the back end of this is, you know, going to be a little questionable. But, uh, you know, I'm not um, down on Gossman and Cueto. We'll see what he has left in the tank. I'd be willing to get guess not much, but we'll see. They've got this money. They've got to pay him. Might as well see what he's got. Bullpen, you got Tyler Rogers, Matt Whistler, Jake McGee, Trevor Gott, John Brebby, Randy Wandy Peralta and Alex Wood, Sam Semlin. Wood looked great in the playoffs when he got that chance. So they're hoping he can provide some spark, maybe even grab himself a rotation spot. But that's your San Francisco 49. It's a lot left to be desired on the pitching side, my opinion, uh, especially on the bullpen side. But scrappy little offense. Hopefully those guys can take a few more steps forward. Who's the worst in this division? I believe the worst in this division, that's a tough question. I'm going to say it's going to be Colorado Rockies. But those teams are going to be hovering really around there together. The Diamondbacks, the Rockies, and um, the the Giants are like the same kind of bad in my opinion. And so they're all going to be bad. But those are good games for DFS purposes. We can see offense, maybe see decent pitching, um, even though they're all so-so. Who's at the top? Dodgers. Can't pick the Padres. Gotta pick the Dodgers till you can beat them. I don't care if you look better on paper. It's theirs. It's their crown. They still gotta come in the yard and take it. Till you do that, then we'll see. Okay. Guys, that's our halftime uh, buzzer right there. We've gotten through the NL West. You now understand that, obviously, like everybody else, I think the Dodgers are gonna win this one again. They've got a great chance to repeat the whole shebang. But we talked a little bit about each team, so you should feel better about it. Okay. Let's switch over to the AL. Let's do that. AL West. So moving right along to the AL West, let's take a look at how things line up on the West Coast as far as the American League goes. Seattle Mariners, why don't we start there? This is a middling team, middling results, year in and year out. Uh, really struggling to find themselves. Got to really break it down, get some good prospects, and build this thing back up. They have some pieces that they've been able to maintain for a while, like their core guys, and they're just starting to get a few younger guys that make sense for them like a Ty Franz now and like a Kyle Seeger big brother to uh, Corey he's one of their core pieces now right along with Mitch Hanniger who they have back and so there's some stuff there like they've shed long on their bench but the thing about it is they really need more pop well let's go over the lineup J.P. Crawford at shortstop. Right field is Mitch Hanniger. Third base is Kyle Seager, as I said. Center field will be played by Kyle Lewis. He's got a little bit of speed on him. And then the catcher, Tom Murphy, Ty France, DHing, Jared Kalenic in left. Evan White at first. Dylan Moore at second. You guys see what I mean? There's not a lot of pop there. The lineup really fizzles out um, after that DH spot. Infield, Shed Long coming off the bench. Luis Torrens. Tim Haggerty, utility spot, and then Fraley for the outfield, Jake Fraley. As far as the rotation goes, Marco Gonzalez, 
left-handed pitcher. James Paxton coming back to the bunch. I love this. UC Kikuchi, Justice Sheffield, another lefty. Chris Flexen, Justin Dunn. Then as far as their bullpen goes, they have Rafael Montiero, Kenyon Middleton, Kendall Graveman, Brandon Brennan, Eric Swanson, Johan Ramirez, and Anthony Mizuwiskiewicz. I don't know. Look, we talked about the uh, lineup there. They're going to struggle. The thing about them also is we'll have to see what they do as far as strikeouts go. I have a feeling that this is going to be a team that strikes out a bunch. If that's the case, we want to take advantage of that. And so I find myself watching a lot of games, like the Seattle's Mariner games, because I'll be invested, right, in whatever pitchers against them with high strikeout upside. But again, we don't we don't need to jump into that. We really want to use the start of this season to gate. We can make some hypothesis, bet on it a little bit, but we don't want to really start putting our foot down until we've seen a little bit of what we saw, of what we thought. And so we'll back off of that till we know for sure. But as far as the pitching goes, Marco Gonzalez, we know what we're going to get from him. He's not going to like if somebody profiles well against lefties, they're probably going to get to him. There's going to be teams. They'll have platoon guys that'll be able to get to him. But more but he should be able to keep it around four, maybe a little under. James Paxson, I love him. Great strikeout stuff. Coming back to the team. He was with Seattle before he went out to New York. Had some injury time. It didn't really pan out in New York. He's back. I think this is good for him. Uh, this is he's got a familiarity there. They were familiar with him. He was doing really well before he got pitched off to New York. And so maybe he can reclaim that. And if so, he would just he would be their number one guy. Uh, Kikuchi struggles, right? He's got to figure out how to turn it on consistently. He could have a good game, two good games, and then he's blown up again, right? So he takes these forward and back cha-cha-cha steps that have really hampered his upside. And then the rest of these guys are iffy too. Justice Sheffield, Chris Flexion, Justin Dunn. They're fielding a team, right? We'll give them credit for that. They're fielding a team. But there's not a lot to get excited about here. Um, and as far as the bullpen goes, like I said, I... We'll have to see. These guys aren't. Um, they might be. This might be problematic. And so, again, from a fantasy standpoint, this is the team we want to pay attention to exactly how bad they end up being in certain places. Now, let's move on to the Los Angeles Angels. These guys have got a lot of stake here. Trout's not getting younger. Otani, the 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 wrapping is off the ribbon, right? Like we, the wrapping is off the ribbon. We know what we have with him. We know what we don't have with him. And there's nothing more to it. So, essentially, the Angels have Madden now a skip there. They've got some guys that they're going to have to figure out what they want to do with pretty soon, i.e. Justin Upton. They've got some guys who probably shut it down soon, i.e. Albert Pujols. So, this team, you know, as I look at what they did this year, let's look at the lineup. David Fletcher is going to be at second base, leading off ahead of Mike Trout because Fletcher just won't strike out. He just won't strike out. That's an awesome tandem, and that's going to work out a lot of times. Then Anthony Rendon right after Trout. That's a, a nice triple, you know, headed monster to start out that lineup. And then we have Shoei Otani, who's going to do some batting, and he's going to be in the DH spot as often as they can get him in, as often as he wants to do it. Look. We'll have to see what he brings us. Consistency is something I'm worried about with him as well. And so if we don't get that, then who cares? He's a hole in the lineup. But then you get a Jose Iglesias, Albert Pujols at first, Justin Upton in left field. 
Dexter Fowler and Justin Upton last year, you know, this guy, he's had some struggles with the Angels. I know he's been hurt a little bit, but not quite this, you know, at this point in his career, the player that he was before. He can still piece together um, some good outings. And so we'll have to see if maybe being in a contract scenario really helps him step it up because, you know, as it stands, he's batting way down in the lineup, and that's justified, to, you know, based on what he's been doing over the past couple of seasons. Dexter Fowler, not a great bat. Change of scenery maybe helps you defensively, but they're not getting much pop in the lineup in Max Dassey catching. And so, you know, there's limitations there if these guys at the top don't just do it all the time, right? Off the bench, Kurt Suzuki, Jared Walsh, Luis Rangifo, who I really do like, and then Joe Adele. As far as the rotation goes, Andrew Heaney. Dylan Bundy they bring in, and then Jose Quintana they bring in as well. The Griffin Canning, showing Shohei Otani, and then Alex Cobb. So I don't mind this bunch, but we're asking a bunch of guys to pitch a lot better than they have been. That, that is the one part about it that I will say scares me, is we're, we're relying on guys to pitch better than they have before or better than they have recently. Quintana, recently. Otani, maybe before, you know, Griffin Canning recently. There, but, but there's some strikeout upside here. Heaney has strikeout upside. Dylan Bundy has strikeout upside. Jose Quintana can have strikeout upside. Otani can have strikeout upside. Canning profiles as somebody who can K it up too. And Cobb also. So now that I'm looking at them all together, I do like that it's an aggressive bunch of pitchers. But with aggression... Sometimes comes volatility, and so there is an opportunity that these these are the type of pitchers who get blown up, and then it works against them, right? And so it's going to be about hot and cold, how they run, can they stay healthy? But it's real thin. It's like wiry thin. If one of these guys goes down, all of a sudden, this team is put into a little bit of a you know of a bunch. They have, as far as the bench goes, or the bullpen rather, Raziel Iglesias, their closer, Ty Butchery. Um, Felix Pena, Mike Mayers, Jose Alberto Rivera, Alex Claudio, Jaime Berea. I'm okay with them. I'm okay with them. We have to see how far the pitching takes them. But this team should be a good defensive team. They should. The pitching should keep them in most ball games. I don't know how many ball games they're just going to win because of the pitching, but they should keep them in the ball games if the offense can keep its legs and keep the offense moving. But Madden has his work cut out for him. Um, we'll have to see if they can, you know, just adapt and adopt his style of play perfectly is basically what they're being asked to do. Next, we have these Houston Astros still trying to wipe the dust off of the cheating scandal, if you will. You know, going to be plagued by this for a little while. And the funny thing is, like, you know, they're going to still be booed and stuff like that. But at what point are you booing guys that weren't even on that team anymore, right? And then the funny thing is the dudes that were, they go to another team and they're just not booed out of the park there. Maybe, I don't think. So we can be more savvy than that, y'all. But the Astros still feeling a good team. This is a team that knows how to play baseball. This is a team that knows how to play postseason baseball. It, the, the analogy really holds true that for them, it's like the season does start in the playoffs, right? Like that's when they really start get their juices flowing. The rest of this is just like procedure for them. They expect to be in the postseason. I know they needed some help. The expanded format helped them, but they squeaked in and three ALCSs in a row. Like that is very difficult to do. 
And that's a testament to the core group of guys having this winning philosophy and mentality. When they get into the playoffs, you don't want to see them, no matter what seed that they came in on, because they uh, believe that they can win and they know that they will win, right? So they've got some vestiges of a good team, and they've added to it where they could. Obviously, some guys take off. You can't lose a Springer and, and have that not hurt, right? Like, it just it doesn't go like that, but... We'll see. So as far as the Astros goes, you know, they have uh, Granky, Lance McCullers, Jose Ucordi, Jake Odorizzi, Christian Javier. So they are very good at developing pitchers. McCullers on the top end. I really like what he has. Granky, we're going to see what he has, man. We're going to see what he has. They're hoping he has more left than he's lost in the tank. As far as their bullpen goes, Ryan Presley, Pedro Baez, Anoli Paredes. Blake Taylor, Joe Smith, Brooks Raley, Ryan Stanek, Andrew Scrub. I don't mind these guys. Serviceable bunch. Pitching's gonna. The pitchers are going to have to uh, really put in the work. I'm looking at you, Zach Granke. you got to stay healthy or else this is a much different lineup. Oda Rizzi coming over, adding a little stability toward the end there. I think Christian Javier can really turn it up this year. Erquity, I'm a little bit more concerned about. McCullers, I feel great about. Um, and then as far as the lineup goes, you know, Jose Altuve at second, Alex Bregman at third. Bregman took a step back last year, but again, that short year, we can kind of excuse it to a certain degree. Uh, Michael Brantley, getting him back is big for them in left field. Jordan Alvarez, getting his bat this year back is going to be big. He was hurt. Carlos Correa, Mr. Correa, completely healthy last year, believe it or not. And so I think that was an anomaly. He's probably due to miss a little time this year. But they have Kyle Tucker as well, who's going to get it, get it in right field in most days. Yuli Gurriel at first. Uh, we've seen the wrappings come off of that present. Just getting up there, man. Just getting up there. Miles Straw in center field is probably going to get most of the work with Springer Gun. And then Jason Castro catching. And so Aledmus Diaz coming off the bench. Uh, Abraham Toro for the infield. Martin Maldonado back up catching. And then Chad, Chaz McCormick. And so... Still a dangerous lineup when you look at the top of this lineup. Like you, like Miles Straw could take a step forward too. Yuli Gurriel could find it again at some point this season, and then all of a sudden, it's back to being top to bottom deadly. So not counting them out. This team is going to win a lot of games this year. Altuve had a little bit of a down year last year, but if he can also pick it back up, this is going to be a dangerous bunch. I do think they'll find some consistency. They'll get into a groove. They're going to win some games, even though they don't have Mr. Verlander, right? Um, still out, I believe it's with the Tommy John. So not going to have his services, but everything else, they're going to try and make work and do what they do, which is get to the postseason and try to make a run at the big series. Let's talk about the Oakland A's. This is just a, I love the way they run this team with this small, you know, uh, bankroll mentality and how they're just, you know, all the time able to be consistent and competitive. They put out a good product. They lost some guys, but they've replaced them as well this year. Um, let's take a look at this team. So as far as their lineup goes, Ramon Lariano in center field, Steven Piscotti in right, Matt Chapman at third, Matt Olson at first, Mark Canna at left field. Um, so catching Sean Murphy, DHing, they bring in Mitch Moreland. Shortstop, Elvis Andrews going to replace the departing Marcus Simeon. And then second base, they bring in Tony Kemp, give you some professional big league at-bats, experienced guy who can make contact. 
So it's not a bad lineup. They're going to be able to um, put the ball in play for sure. A lot of usual suspects for these guys. So we already know we're getting a consistently hitting team that doesn't strike out a lot and more often than not could touch up the lefties, especially at home. And so those are some of the things that we can look forward to, hopefully. And then as far as the bench goes, Austin Allen, Seth Brown, Vimiel Michan, and then Chad Penda. So I like this bunch, uh, very reminiscent of what they've had out there recently. As far as the rotation goes, Chris Bassett, not going to overwhelm you. Ground ball guy, you know, keeps it in the park. That's what they need, right? And that's what they and that's what he provides them. The defense help, you know, is pretty good, and he's a keep it in the park kind of pitcher. Sean has Manaya rather has had some up and downs, um, and we'll see if he can find some consistency. Frankie Montas, they would love if he could take a step forward. This is a guy who's been coming on each of the past two seasons, and then you have Jesus Lazardo. Bringing back Mike Fires too. Um, this is a good fit for him, ballpark upgrade. So as far as that unit goes, like I said, nobody's going to scare you, but this is a team that they're going to grind it out. The defense is going to help them out. They're going to you know, not shut you out, but they're going to not maybe you know overpower you with strikeouts, but – they're going to keep you off of the board, right? As far as the bullpen goes, they replace uh, their departing uh, closer to Chicago with Trevor Rosenthal. So they take care of that. Um, and then Jake Diekman, the lefty, they have Sergio Romo, Yusmiro Petit, who I'm pretty high on. This dude is awesome. He's got good stuff. He's gas. Adam Kolarik, J.B. Wendelkin, Lou Trevino, and then James Caprilian. So, I, you know, this is a great bunch. It looks like pretty much, like I keep saying, the same Oakland A's team that they'd be putting out. And so it looks like a team that could fall possibly just a little short, maybe, I think. But that remains to be seen. I won't push that on them. Finally, the Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers, man, uh, gave up on uh, you know a, a, a guy or two this season that they have been invested in for a while, namely Ronit Ordur. You just can't keep striking out like that and taking no steps forward. But let's take a look at this lineup. David Dahl, they bring in center field, and then they have Iser kind of for life who's going to do who's going to get work at shortstop now that Elvis Andrews is gone. Right field, you have Joey Gallo who really needs to take a step forward if he wants to continue to be in this lineup. He's had to stop striking out so much, most in the majors last year. Nate Lowe at first, bringing in Chris Davis to DH, uh, good signing from Oakland, but you know what, Davis is going to start the year off on the. Uh, DL or IL, I should say. Second base, Nick Solak, who's just going to get reps, right? There's nobody else now. Um, and defensively, that's probably an upgrade for them. Willie Calhoun in left, hoping he can bounce back. Had some injury issues. Wanted to be consistent now. As I said, they part ways with Odor. They have Jose Trevino. And then, you know, Leody Tavares is going to get worked in here too as well now. Um, and he's a, cons- he's, he's a pretty nice player, consistent player. It's not going to wow you, but a lot of times he's a cheap piece that I will fit into the lineup, uh, preferably in a stack scenario. And I'm okay with with using him for things like that. Jonah Heim, Ronald Guzman at first as well, and then Eli White. So pretty, pretty decent bunch here. They struck out a lot last year, though. These look like some strikeout guys again, possibly. So they're going to have to, you know, take care to not do that maybe. But Texas is going to be weird this year, man. There's going to be a bunch of people. They don't have COVID restrictions at all to any degree, which is crazy. So we'll see how things happen there versus in other parts of the country. I'm really interested to see if that crowd plays uh, in their favor and maybe gets them 
um, a competitive advantage versus a place where maybe they don't have their people there yet, right? Or just a couple of people in the seats, right? But uh, as far as the rotation goes, Cal Gibson, that's going to be their ace. And then Jordan Lyles. Dane Dunning came over in the Chicago trade, too. And then Kyle Cody, Taylor Hearn. Dane Dunning's pretty good. He can take some decent steps forward like he did last year. This is a younger bunch in terms of some of them, but they're hoping they can keep them in the ball games. Kyle Gibson, decent strikeout stuff, but not going to overwhelm you here as far as the pitching goes. And then as far as the bullpen goes, Jose Leclerc, Jonathan Hernandez, Demarcus Evans, Brett DeGuse, Jimmy Herget, Brett Martin, Yoli Rodriguez, and then Joe Gatto. So nothing about this team screams major success to me. Uh, this is a team that potentially could be fodder for us, like I said, picking on picking against them in many different ways, right? Like as far as strikeouts go, like pitchers against them, all this stuff. A lot, I think, could hold up for us. So I'll be watching these Rangers games as well. And so let's put a ball in the AL West altogether. Who's going to be worst? I think the worst team is probably going to be Seattle, a little bit worse than Texas. I, I I think they may have a few more steps they need to climb. And then the first is probably Oakland. They probably take it again. I think Houston uh, needs some consistency. They, I mean, they could be right there, but they're just under them. I've, I think they make the playoffs like a wild card team. But Oakland is built to win this division. They're built for the long haul. I think they'll be able to do that. Problem with Oakland, though, is they can only go so far. They're just going to keep getting slapped up against the wall. When they come up against like the Dodgers in the playoffs, like you're not gonna you're not gonna win that series, right? If it was them versus like the Padres in a playoff series, now like that's questionable, right? Like you guys are you'd be pretty questionable. So even if you look at just on the AL side, what you're gonna go up against the Yankees, you can't match them. Uh, you want to go up against some of these other teams, you can't match the pitching essentially with what they have there. And so I think uh, Oakland's a nice novelty act. But they're very good at what they do. They're skilled at the way they do it. So I'm not discrediting them. But I'd be wondering if they don't add a piece or something, if they were serious about taking it all the way, somehow getting over the hump, right? Because it seems like more of the same. But that's our AL West. So we've done the AL and the NL West. We've seen how that'll break down. And uh, there you go. You know, So we can look forward to our... Uh, completion of the series with the final podcast being the AL and NL East coming at you very, very soon. The Heart of the Order is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.